0: sense that I have, uh, I'm in my bedroom, all the lights are off and I have one window and I have the microphone and I'm sitting in front of the window with the microphone and my laptop uh, recording. And to me, that's very nonsensical. It's like, AD, why would you do that? Who cares? You know, Uh, but I think, you know, we put importance uh, on things. We try to make things even more real and more serious. They are as photographers. And so that's uh the worst intro possible. But uh I uh I feel like this is this is this is bigger than us.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I I don't really know what to say, to be honest. I I like that you uh, shared your your moment there you're sitting in the mood feeling the feeling the uh the aura but i yeah i'm I'm not really sure what to say yeah um let's let's maybe like circle up here because i feel like if if you're not if people listen to this at a later date they may not know what we're talking about so uh today is tuesday june 2nd 2020 um, gosh you COVID. make it
0: sound like this is a war like we're at war <laughs> I mean, don't anyway, you feel like
1: it's at war a little bit? Don't you feel I like
0: do, that? and that's the scary part. Is that this? When I say it's bigger than us, it's like we're. It's like the time in the movie where they flash back to, you know, where they're like, "Remember when things were? It was almost happening, and it started getting worse. They were doing this, and then it's like when they they show the progression of events that led to this horrible thing, and and we are like, COVID happened, and then. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then, oh, and then that was the powder keg. And that was the powder keg that lit America up to flames. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what it feels like.
1: Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. I feel like it, it does feel like that in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, like, what do you...
0: No, sorry, I, I cut you off. No, Continue no, 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 setting I'm... telling us uh, what date it is and the stage. Like, <laughs> I, it's serious. It is important.
1: And it's uh okay. So today is June second, uh, Thursday or Tuesday, June second. Um, for those that, wherever you are in history, um, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but like um, a week ago, uh, on uh, actually on my birthday, on uh, May twenty fifth, uh, George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis. And with a police officer kneeling on his neck for uh, eight minutes, I think in forty-six seconds, uh, where he later died of um, of you know traumatic injuries. And today, it's probably five days in of riots that have been happening. Right? I, I mean, maybe not just riots, but riots and protests, and maybe a uh, uh, insurgents towards what has happened in, um all across the nation. And to your point, we just said it, it does feel a lot like we are at war. Um,
0: Yeah, I. I I was just talking to my brother earlier today, and he was telling me about how he had listened to uh, the BBC explain what's happening in America. He was listening to a news source that's not as political as Fox or or, uh, you know, or CNN or, or, CNN or yeah. you know, which that is absolutely probably my one of my biggest fears in all of this is how it's being reported. I saw a clip of Fox News talking about the riots and then playing in Fox News. They played a clip of CNN News and how, oh, CNN, they are covering this as it's just protesting and it's all peaceful and then the fox news reporter went to comment on cnn and how they're they are liars and i was like ooh for someone who doesn't watch the news a lot that was the most horrendous and horrific thing i could ever imagine that the news is is literally so political that they're commenting on the state of the other news channel yeah. like what the what the heck anyway my brother said he saw the the bbc uh, I don't know if it's the BBC. He just said he saw a British news, you know, uh, segment about what's happening in America, and it was he was like, think about if someone was to. Sh-. He said it looked like a war zone, and if someone was to only show you the segments which are truth of the police shooting back into the riots, or the cities, you know, literal cities burning, or tell you the the facts that. All fifty states are rioting, and that the police brutally, you know, murdered, you know, or they murdered someone while, you know, on the ground, defenseless, while people were pleading for his life. They murdered a black man, and now the whole, the whole entire U.S. is in peril. These words, and then they show you, you know, little clips of all the riots and all the burning and the police shooting rubber bullets. He said they, they showed the clips of people shooting rubber bullets. But he didn't. they didn't actually say that the bullets were rubber so it just looked like the police were shooting people which is horrendous you know what I mean like and not that it, it, we you know we're like oh look how we look but our truth through a lens of you know, sort of you know maybe accurate news makes us look he said it looked like Afghanistan I was like yeah bro like it probably does because I sit in my in my room and I haven't rioted I haven't looted I haven't protest and I want to unpack that with you Hmm. um I won't I won't ever loot or a riot but at least the protesting part but there is this like there is this I, I heard my uh a friend of mine talking to their parents about how to avoid going downtown like how to get across town and not going not to go downtown and it made me think man how do I even myself avoid a protest? How do I avoid being that voice of reason in, in the you know when things are going crazy and it's it hit me hard just hearing them talk about traffic like oh just go this way and go this way and I was like oh man and all the wisdom that I have I, I must do the same thing and and what would it take for me to protest mm-hmm. you know what anyway I, now I'm I, rambling.
1: <laughs> I mean let's like let's let's set the stage about ad like you. You are a black man. Can can you talk about why George Floyd's death, why him being a black man is so important to this story? Now, just not just police, not just a, a, the police killing an innocent man, but can you just like talk for a second about why it matters that he's black.
0: Well, okay, so. It's so, it's so interesting because setting, setting the stage, I have, I have totally crazy ideas on so many different levels of, of racism in America and all this kind of stuff. Um, but in the fact, the fact that it does matter that he's black is the, the reason that that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that since he was black and nothing was done after the fact... You know, if he was, if they murdered him and then the cops, all four of them, were put in jail immediately, the writing might not have happened. You know what I mean? Maybe there would have been a protest, but if justice was served after the murder, oh, we found a murderer amongst the ranks of the cops. But the fact that since he's black, we have to do all, all this has to be done in order to just have normal justice, which is arresting the person who murdered someone on video. Apparently he was trying to uh, order takeout for a few days after, you know, like for three days or so so after all this happened. It took some time before, you know, and then the riots, and then he was arrested. And so it's ridiculous because if if someone else, this happened to anyone else, it would, the fact that he was black, it wouldn't matter. They would have been arrested. But since we have a track record in America of actually... You know, putting down the Black American and and treating them less than human. When this happens, it matters.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think that's that's insightful. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about protests. Let's talk about protests.
0: Yeah. I man, man. There's so much to there's so much to unpack. I think I have to start. I have to start with saying, um, with saying thank you to everyone, you know, like, I guess I have a lot of friends that, that for this, they called me, I have a lot of, you know, friends who are texting me. I'm literally getting texts as we speak from distant friends who I'm like, Oh, you, you still have a number. Uh Oh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like still, still getting comments uh, online or tagged in things. Some of my clients have written to me and they're just like, Hey, we stand with you. And and it's funny because you know, Instagram's doing this blackout thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people are are blacking out their stuff and and then in anything, it's hard to know what's right and wrong in the sense of how to respond to a situation, right? Like how is it what's the right way to protest, right? And so with the blackout thing, I saw some people write, Hey, why are we silencing out Instagram? This is when we should be speaking up and then with the blackout thing we're being silent so that black voices can be heard and we're this is a solidarity movement and you know what's what's really unfortunate is that is that none of those are none of those opinions are wrong i think in our response or our social media protest none of those opinions are wrong if you're moved to do something this is the first time i think it was it's the fact that this was the first time that people were so moved in the masses. The Black Lives movement didn't just start here, right? Like, you've been a part of it, people have been a part of the Black Lives movement for so long, the Black Lives Matter right. movement, for so, for so long, but for some reason, this, this one in particular, people came out in droves and they're just like, AD, oh my gosh, I just want you to know I stand with you. And for me, I'm actually fine with both all of those form, forms of protest because it just helps me know that if things get crazy, I know who I could turn to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but in my mind, if, if we're on the road to peril, I'm like, man, where am I going to go hide when, uh, yeah. when it, it hits the fan? I'm like, I can go to Levi's house. Yeah. I can go to this, <laughs> you know, like, I know that he, when it was crazy, he stood with me, you know what I mean? Yeah. or Whatever. And so it actually helps me to hear people say hey I'm with you it, it is a little like it is a lot to like respond to everyone you know right. and so because it is kind of like a horror movie and so to actually always be talking about it is like you know I, I'm already in face with that reality so now you're facing it and it's jarring to you but I, I've always known right. this reality okay. right and so yeah. um, anyway so I mean, what what do you think when you think of protests? Like, just in—I mean, do they work? How about we start there? Because I know there's different <laughs> different thoughts on that. But
1: yeah, I mean, I think that. I guess I I have definitely some thoughts. Um, first thing I think, I guess my my thought is like say, is um, that I think for the first time, you know, I, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like, black men and women have died at the hands of police brutality like i mean the first i think the one and i mean this may be indicative of like how old i am but i think the one that was really put this on the map was trayvon martin Mm
0: -hmm. i think that
1: some people were like okay like this this is a thing um that it's not like a new thing it's just this is a thing that's kind of coming to the forefront and i think trayvon martin was 2012 and i think april february 16th i think um and so trayvon martin i think it was the the start of this like and and now my question is kind of like okay so like this is great I think this is a good thing to speak out against are we all kind of more or less committing now that every anytime there's police brutality against a black man or woman that that we're going to do this same we're going to go this hard because I think that's kind of what it takes um so it's kind of one question I have is like, say how how committed to this are we um yeah. But I do think in, in the form of protests, when I think about protests, I, I do think it works because um, when MLK was assassinated, um, for the next like six days after he uh, was assassinated, there were riots in like, I think it was, like, it was over 100 cities across the US and legislation got passed um, because of, I think it was like the Civil Rights Act of 1968 ended up getting passed because of um, King's death and or, or murder I should say. And I think it kind of goes to show that like the 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 protesting does work. Like things do happen and things there is change if nothing else I think in today's era you kind of know which side people are on and like not that because I think there I honestly think it is almost a matter of sides like I'm not trying to make it more than it, it needs to be but I think that if, that there is a culture war if I'm honest that I that's what I feel like and either you support either you do nothing and you say that thing and you allow this to go on or you stand up and say something and speak out. And because I mean, for all the voices that has spoken out, I think all the voices that haven't spoken out or that mm-hmm. are, are, impartial to it. And I think, I don't know, I guess I, I, I think you have to kind of, I think more or less you need to pick a side when an innocent man gets murdered about which, which side you're on, I guess, whether you're on the side of the police um, or the side of the, of the, the man that was murdered. And so, yeah, I I, th- all, I know that's going to be yeah. a run of my answer to the question, but I do think protests work. And- no, I
0: do too. Um, yeah, man, bro, it, they do work. And then, I, But I ask myself, what would it take for me to protest? Like, what would it take for me to get out of my seat and protest? I, I don't necessarily agree with uh, the looting and the rioting. You know, like all that is crazy. But at the same time, I have to understand it. Like I have to be, I have to say, Oh man, like I get how crazy it is. And I get this, this kettling procedure that the police are doing that are putting pressure on people. And then when all these other stories that come from like, like they're actually people who are doing like anti disestablishment things. Like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: have you heard about all that stuff? Like that the people who are inciting the first riots, like who started burning down the auto zone in, in, uh, in Minnesota or Minneapolis were actually part of the BLM movement. They were uh, actually from out of state and they yeah. were from some other crazy like organization that's trying to just break down the establishment of the government. And you're like, oh, these are, I mean, they were white. And not saying that, you know, not saying that, oh, that's the thing, but that's a crazy thing that is that lit a match to the powder keg of just peaceful protesting, right? do you know what I mean? And and so when that happens, you're like, oh man, truth is, is crazy. But back to the, the point of what would make me protest. Because I, I think personally, and personally I have to talk about religion, is that there's this thought that we, as a religious person, we have to be slow to anger. And, and that is a, a true, uh, you know, tenet in the faith of being slow to anger and taking your time and thinking through things. But there's also a righteous indignation that comes against injustice that that Jesus himself overturned tables when he was upset. You know what I mean? We have that, that story where he went into the, the place where they, they were selling something they weren't supposed to be and he literally flipped, he rioted. You know what yeah. I mean? And so all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute. Like the good, I think we have become such a passive people I saw uh, the pastor, of the church I go to, uh, he was at um, a coffee shop I go to. And uh, we were outside, don't worry. We were wearing masks. And um, and he was just like, hey, man, I just have to ask you, you have to be straight up. Like, what, what do we do? What do I do? And I, I do want to unpack that a little bit later too. Like, what can be done? But my first response was like, man, I don't know. But I do know that, you know, we're too passive as, as Christians, Martin Luther King was a pastor. You know what I mean? Right. Like we, we should be on the forefront of any fight for injustice. And and so should I, I should be on the forefront, but we leave it, you know, and there are, listen, there are plenty of people out there, you know, and they're, uh, they're fighting in the name of whatever. I, I don't know. I, I love that all people on all sides are fighting for justice right now, but, yeah. For me, the passivity that comes with the church is just—it's ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, you know. I, it's I mean,
1: let me let me push you a little bit on what you just. Un- Ooh, a little, push, push. Yeah, because um, I, you know, you mentioned like the idea of being slow to anger, but I, which I think you know, it's a noble thing. But I'm also like, don't you think uh, we've been slow enough? Like it's been 400 years, and I mean, and like, don't you feel like I guess like what? Yeah, do you no, think no, no, the I, Timeline I, for.
0: I don't Something think, like, yeah. I think it's more me sort of uh, facing myself in the sense that I, I don't think that I, I agree with the protest. There should be protests. I, I just ask myself what is making me not get up and go outside. And I'm just being a, like a fully honest, you know, sure. man, just like, Oh, there's a fear that I'll get shot there that exists. And then there's also this sense that I, I want to make sure that it, that it's that it will last. Like I remember when uh, people were protesting against uh, the you know like money stuff in Wall Street. Uh, I can't remember what they called that movement. Um, the one oh, percent or night, yeah, you dead. know,
1: the one percent. It was the uh, shoot, It was a one percent movement. But I was um, it was two thousand eleven. That's when I was living in Europe at the time.
0: Right, but I remember people being so upset, and there were protests. And they were going to the streets and people were talking and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are you guys upset about? Like, what's happening? And a week later, it was over. And it was like, "Mm, okay, go back to work. And not a week later, but nobody talks about it now. And so part of me was like, I really hope that this does not pass. Like what you said earlier, I hope that this is the new status quo that people are like, no, no, we're standing up for injustice. And I've heard so many people say that they didn't see Like they, this caused them to see all of the truth in all of the past videos and like instances that they might have dismissed. Meaning, they saw they couldn't hide from or avoid the truth of what happened in this video because it's so blatant that he was murdered. Like they're on his knee, he's saying, "Hey, everyone's pleading with them to get off of him, and hey, you're killing him." They're and they're just staunchly not moving and they're like no we won't and then they kill him and then they still or he stops breathing passes out or whatever and they're still on him for another two minutes or so and so it's there's no no one can look at it and be like oh no well they were in the right if you look at all the videos of all there was not a real struggle he didn't have a weapon he was in his car they handcuffed him You know, you know, if you look at all of it, there's no way to come back and say, oh, you know, like he's he didn't, you know, like he he deserved it. There's no other side to this one. So people are coming back and they're like, oh, man, I guess they're right. I, you know, I think we might have talked about this before, but I didn't know that people didn't believe the Black Lives Matter movement until a couple of years ago. I didn't know. Why people, like good-meaning people, good-meaning white people or whoever, didn't believe it. I didn't know that. I didn't know why they weren't supporting it. And then I had a conversation with some friends, and they are like, I just feel like there's, you know, the police are good, and there's got to be another way. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I had to tell them personally, hey, man, but you know me. Do you believe me? And they were like, yeah. I was like, well, man, I've been pulled out of the car. I've been frisked. I've been... The dogs have literally been in my car, searching it for drugs in the middle of the night for no reason. Right. Like I've never done drugs any day of my life. And they're, you know, like, they're like, like, wait, what, but what happened? I was like, do you need to ask me what happened? I was like, I was driving. It's was like, did they give you a ticket? No. I was like, no, man, they just stopped me. And the, you know, I was going to my house and my friend's house to go to, uh, we were going to China to go oh, to yeah. shoot a wedding. And so, i was driving they stopped me and all they always ask hey uh well we've heard about some drug stuff going on uh can you step out of the car please and i was like yeah he's like okay do you have anything in your pockets i was like nope or do you have any weapons nope oh is there you know and then they're like are you sure It's like do you mind if we frisk you uh okay you know i always say yes like sure officer you know try to be as complacent as possible right being dehumanized in the same breath. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, well, can we check your car? It's like, sure. They bring something out of my car, like a piece of trash or like, <laughs> I, you know, was like, I'm a, a little kid. I'm not a kid, but you know, they, they brought something out of the car and it looked like it, looked like it was powder. Like I was like, well, I don't know where he found that. <laughs> but he was, he put it on the trunk. He had a flashlight. He put it on the trunk of the hood. He's like, "We're gonna have, go, You mind if we get the dog in there?" I was like, uh, "Yes, sir. Do what you need." He's like, and he, then he looked at it and he like pressed it down with his finger, and he spread it around and he was like, "Do you know what this is?" I was like, "I have no idea what that is. You know, I don't know what that is." The whole while thinking, "I'm about to be arrested." Right. You know, I was like, "I mean, but I'm, he's so gonna arrest they, me. What just happened? Yeah. Some. Yeah. Why did he do? Car. Yeah. You know, why? There's no one there. Just two guys. Two white guys." There's no correction. There's no nothing now. They they're like, oh, thanks for being cooperative. They let me go. One side, one side might hear that and say, Well, they let you go, everything's fine. And I'm like, how many and then I was I'm like, how many times has that happened to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it hasn't only happened to me once. Right. It's at least happened to me three times. Not that's the fullest extent. But I've been pulled over, asked about drugs plenty of times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm i like, I don't even smoke. Like, I don't do anything. Like, anyway, so I, I forgot what I was talking about, but it's, uh, I mean, oh, I, the, tr- the truth of it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, it's real. Like, and then this is making people realize that it's real. And then all of a sudden, they're like, AD, are you okay? Like, oh, my gosh. And they care. And I'm like, oh. I was I was honestly I'm so upset about how surprised I was that so many people reached out after this. Because I'm like, oh didn't you see the one last week or the week before? Mm-hmm. Or you didn't see the, the one week before that where the Ahmad kid was gunned down in the street.
1: Yeah, like, but you know he could have been he could have been robbing something before He could that.
0: have been he was gunned down in the street like a dog, man. Like it's crazy. Yeah and I'm like, oh you guys and then and then they didn't arrest the people. They tried to cover it up. that. That's not injustice to you? Like, and, and I realize that not everyone hears those stories. That's the, that's the story that I have to get up in the morning when I look mm-hmm. at Instagram or when I look at Facebook. I, I see these stories and they play yeah. in my head. My brother called me crying weeks before Floyd. Called me crying for his son weeks before Floyd happened. Saying, I have to, he has to grow up in a world like this. Like, how do we fix it? And I have to try to console him or or talk to him about, "I, I don't know. Like, I don't know this, this evil. It's such an interesting thing about the character of injustice, because our, our minds work in this sort of route of correctness. Like when we see a problem, we see two plus two equals four, but injustice, that is a justified answer. That is a just answer. It works in the parameters of the rules that have been set forth you know, for math or whatever, but consider that just, but in this, when injustice comes, two plus two equals N, I don't know what we're doing, you know, or whatever, some right. random thing. It All of a sudden it is just incorrect. It is not right. And so we try to add, we try to do the right thing, take a knee, or we try to protest. We try to do whatever it is, to make this equal justice, like try to balance the scales. But the problem is the actual root of the issue, the racism, you know, we can't, I don't know that we'll ever be able to get, it's past the the ability or the wits of human understanding because it's such an evil. It's such a great evil. Like the look in that man's eye when he was literally murdering someone into a camera was so comedic in the sense that it could have been a television it could have been made up it could have been a show because the evil is so prevalent and so ingrained that we can't just get it out easily by saying oh just post a you know you know make a post and then we've moved on we've fixed it no 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 this is such an evil thing this injustice this this wrongness in humanity that that I don't, I, I literally wish I could say, oh, I mean, obviously there are some action steps we can da- take for the response to this injustice, which would be making just action or civil civil rights or equality. But the thing in itself, the, the act in itself is so perverted from reality that it doesn't equal up. There's no way to balance that. I, I wish there was a way to root it out, but man, Rodney King happened so long ago. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. so long ago. And we thought we've, you know, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And then it keeps happening. And then this is the, and Rodney King didn't even die. You know how big that story was? And he's still alive. I, I think he's still alive. Um, You know what I mean? This, the guy dies. This is post Rodney King, meaning we didn't learn as a people, you know? Uh, man, I, I told myself to be so calm and level-headed when we had this cut talk. And here I am shouting. Oh man! Oh man!
1: Yeah, dude, it's a okay. You're good, bro.
0: Um, I, I hope that makes sense. I don't know.
1: No, man, you're it does. I think like, to your point, I think this is the first time people are being um confronted with the fact that maybe the police aren't uh aren't safe for all people. Um, I remember uh a few years ago, try remember who, which which black man it was that got killed when this happened, it's, which is a, I feel like a pretty telling thing in its own, but um, I think it was Philander Castile and people were just talking about the cops and someone had said, and if they lived down in uh, the suburbs and they had said, and they posted on Facebook uh, and they said, Hey, like, you know, everyone's talking about the cops right now and how, you know, I said, but like, Hey, just to, uh, to give a, a positive story, you know, like, is that he was the cops, you know, I, I got a, a someone was banging on our front door at, at, you know, 2 a.m. And I grabbed my gun and ran downstairs and I opened the door and it was a cop. And he's like, Hey man, I just want to let you know that you guys left your garage door open and make, make sure you don't get stuff stolen. He's like, man, like that. So he was just so stuff. of the cop looking out for me. And he's like, you know, I know there, you know, people talk about cop, you know, stuff out there, but like, there are good cops out there and they're looking out for people. And I'm just reading that being like, you're so out of touch. Like you live in this suburban, you know, white neighborhood. And for you, the uh, the cops are a different experience. Like you don't have anything to fear. And you also can't empathize with somebody else who doesn't have that same experience. Hmm. And, and I think that was a really telling thing for me to see because it's like, okay, I, not, no, people don't, they lack the empathy to look at someone's experience and say, their experience is different than mine. And why is that? And instead, they kind of put other people's experience through their lens and say, well, what would it take for a cop to pull me out of a car and beat me? and say, I must have been some, do something really bad for a cop to like boom put me out of my car. So therefore this person must have done something really bad for the cop to have just to you know, justify that. And they, they put it that way, but they can't put it the other way around because they don't have the experience and the empathy, they don't have the context. I, I don't know what that is. Um, and then just don't believe it. And they say, you know, I know it. And so that's, what I think the thing is like, I think this is a chance or the for people to actually see police brutality um, with, like you said, without another side to the story and be like, you know what, we kind of have all sides here and it's like, case closed, this is a case of police brutality. And I think now people are, to your point, what you knew basically just said this too, is people are opening up that, that lens and that world you and saying, oh my gosh, if this is police brutality, what else is police brutality? And, you know, it's a day late and a dollar short, but I think that, but I mean, that, that you know begs the question of like, okay, like what, what, need, what do we need to reform? Um, and I mean, like, I saw this video that says insane to me, but like, it was a, someone from Ch- protesting in Chicago, and there is a couple protesters. I think one of them was black, and there's two cops there, and the cop looks at him and flashes a white power sign, and just like, like real quick, flash a white power sign, and like walks away. And I'm like, this is the problem. <laughs> like, this is the thing. Like, the white supremacy and like organized forms has infiltrated so much of
0: these systems. Oh Um, yeah. They literally said they were going to do this. Yes. Like 10 10 years ago or so that they were like, we are going to infiltrate the police forces so that we can kill black people. Yeah. That's what the KKK said. So that, that's a truth that we know. And, and it's, and it's interesting about perspective that you're talking about because, um, Again, I feel like my perspective is so different because I wasn't—I'm not a descendant of slaves—and so I—I am Nigerian, so I feel the outward pressure of oppression, but the inward monologue, the internal monologue that has been passed down to through uh, through my ancestors didn't doesn't come to me. I don't necessarily uh, feel that the inward side or the inward oppression that comes from the system of racism but i definitely feel the outward pressures and that's enough to be sure. to be stopped but the inward pressure ha- has literal stories from your grandparents saying the police beat me in the streets when i was r- walking for civil rights do you know what i mean like yeah. in the streets you they beat me or they sprayed me with water hoses because i wanted to ride the bus in the same place or because, so their idea, the idea of the police is not one of, oh, the, oh, sweet garage door openers. This is from your grandparents. So it is ingrained in you to fear the police. It, it, it has to be because not, I mean, even further than that from great grandparents during slave times and all that, the, the, the police raped your grandmother or not the police, but, you know, the slave owner. The, right. the hatred that, that happened, that we're talking about that's so systemic, imagine what that does to the psychology of a person when they're a child and then they grow up and they're seeing white people and then they're they're up for the same job. All of that is what people talk about when they talk about systemic racism and, and how how it's just, it's so ingrained into who the people are. Is that even the stories that they pass down are unfortunately ones of hatred. It's not something that we, you know, it, this is uh, the example of of a chronic injury. I was just telling my brother, and uh, an example, a friend told me of of a chronic injury that that maybe you broke a bone. You know, let's say race of racism was that broken bone, and we we tried to set the bone. We tried to like, okay, we we fixed it, but we didn't set it right, and it it tried to heal but it still hurts and especially if you move it a certain way and if you pick up something heavy if you're under stress oh the blood flows through there it's really bad and then at some and but it's so poorly set that it causes you can't even use your arm and now through it's it's crazy that this is on the back of of covid because i think in in so many ways through covid we had to take a deep look at ourselves and then this these, a series of videos, not just, you know, there, there was a mod. I think that that Amy person was talking to the, you know, I mean, blaming, yeah, you know, and then Floyd, all those, you can't not see them because you're right in front of the, t- of your, your cell phone and everyone starts posting about it. So yes. And then all of a sudden that inflammation destroys the body, like something is happening. And now literally all 50 States are protesting all 50 States, like, and countries outside of of America yeah. are taken to the streets for, for for normal justice, the end of racism, or normal just just arrest the people who killed him. That's that's literally what hasn't been done. So in one video that this the video that I saw, there's the guy, you know, that's the basis of all the memes that's on on Floyd's uh, neck. But apparently there are two more on his back behind the car in another video. And that's why they're calling for four, like, and also the guy who was stopping everyone from helping. And I I haven't seen those other videos, but I've been told about them. Cause I was like, why are they calling for the arrest of four people? Who were the other four? Who are the other two? He was like, no, man, like there are other two people also restricting him, his breathing. Like they were on his back. They're all over the guy. I was like, you can't, any any person can't watch the video and then not not feel something because unless we're just desensitized to to humanity that it's murder and that's we have to stop it and so i'm so happy that people are standing up i i i hate to see my country burn um but you're right at some point reform has to come something has to come because the constitution was written when when Not even women. Black people were property and women couldn't vote. Do you know what I mean? The world is a different place. And if you can't understand that, if you're just gonna stand behind a a a pack of paper that have some words on it and say, Well, this is America, then turn on your TV and then also say, This is America, because that's what it's led to. It's led to this, it's led to peril. And so something has to be done in, you know, in the form of reform. I, I don't know. I, I wish we had the leadership right now to make, the make just to even calm the people down. Like I, only, I hear, and that's the thing that scares me the most, is that there are people that see it and still respond and still back Trump. Good meaning people, I'm sure, who are like, well blah 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 like we need we need martial law martial law like can't just arrest the people like what what's going ha ah, bro it's it's crazy i mean ugh. anyway dude what what are some things that can be done let's talk let's gear let's let's go that way I, what are
1: some okay. things i I, um, I will i will get to that i do want to talk, go back to these protests and these riots uh because oh, yeah. I, I do want, I have a couple of thoughts that i think are also important um so, one, I think, um, I mean, I I identify as a pacifist. I believe in, you know, and I mentioned on the podcast before, nonviolence. And I think the really important thing is to, like, have empathy towards those that are rioting. Like, they're not, this isn't happening for no reason. Like, they're not, like, for the most part, people aren't breaking stuff and losing stuff for no reason. There's, first off, obviously, there's, there's more sides of the story being told. People are, there's insidious groups who are infiltrating and trying to, you know, Trying to um, diminish the credibility of the movement by you know by inciting violence. But also too, I think there's an level of empathy, saying, like if if you have faced generations and generations of systemic violence towards you and your family, whether in the form of physical violence or emotional um, violence or just literal political violence through redlining and other things like that, Jim Crow laws, then it's like when when when's the breaking point? And I think I understanding giving people the space to say, you know what, there's gonna be a breaking point and if you were in the same boat, it's likely that you would have that too. I think just like, I'm not saying that means that the violence is justified or the looting is justified. I'm just saying you have to give people empathy. And that's what I think is like it's first off is missing. That's one thing. The second thing I don't understand is how people can get behind cultural movements uh, or cultural phenomenon, not movements, cultural phenomenon, um, and then divorce that mentality. and I'll explain in a second, entirely from the real world. So, I think the example I I like to use is The Matrix. Um, so, and, and, you know, I feel like if you haven't seen The Matrix by now, the you've you know earned some spoilers because you know it's yeah it's been a while. spoil it, um, but
0: I can't wait to see where so, this is going. Yeah,
1: okay. I mean, I th- okay, so you know, Neo and, and the people they get to Zion, right at the end. I don't even know which it's his last movie, and The Matrix is is you know, the internal forces are, you know, attacking them incessantly. And you as the... Because if people have been, like, literally, like, oppressed and essentially enslaved in these capsules, you know, whatever. And for you can put your mind wherever you want, but, like, these people say, like, we're not doing this anymore. And they are revolting against these machines. Um, and I think that's, like, this level of, like, when you... are This underdog story, like, everyone resonates with the under, underdog story. Like, yeah, like, they're fighting up against, like, they're fighting for freedom. Like everyone resident, like it's like, it's obvious it's in the story. It's this like Neo is this Christ character who comes in and like this savior character and is fighting for this, the liberation of, of humanity. And I see that people like everyone is like on board with that stuff. And I feel like that's the same kind of situation. I think like we are in today. People say like, I'm done with this. I'm sick of it. I'm fighting for our liberation. And people are like, well, no, like and people are just like, no, like, the system's not broken. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. You were just like complaining about something. It's like, they're just trying to liberate themselves in the same way that every movie that you've ever watched, um, the underdogs are trying to like, to find victory. But in this case, in this real life situation, you can't find any kind of human empathy to identify with the underdog. All you can be identified with is the, the oppressor. Um, same for like V for Vendetta. Like v, who watches V for Vendetta and is cheering for like the fascist regime like in the in the movie? No one's, and if you are, I mean like, I'm sorry, but yikes, man. Um, so no one's cheering for the fascist regime in that movie. And I'm like, and that's where I'm like, how, how can you see it, see the situation in one place and then not see it in another? Like how do you, and that's why I don't understand, I guess, is like how people can be, they can't, the lack of, I think just that lack of empathy. You see these things happening in the films, you identify with the underdogs, you cheer them on, you see yourself in there, and I think that's what it is. They see themselves in those positions, and they just literally cannot see themselves anywhere in the life of a black man or a woman. Hmm. And, and,
0: and, and I think we do this thing where we fully avoid it. We, you know, we just we try to wait, and this will pass. We try to say this will pass. And then you, you just want to go back to your normal life my desire is to go back even if it's real it's the same thing you do when you don't make eye contact with the the, the guy on the side of the street who's begging right is you, you don't if you look at it then you have to make it real and then if it's real then you have to blame yourself for not doing something in a way or you have to if you look him in the eye all of a sudden you have to come to terms with the fact that you're also not giving him money if you were going to give him money, you would look him in the eye. You'd be like, okay, sure, I'm a great person. But now you, now you have to look yourself in the eye and make a, make a choice. Am I actually going to believe the red or the blue pill you know, to take right. your matrix thing? Am I going <laughs> to look you know, reality in the eye and believe it? Or am I going to continue to live the lie of, no, this, nothing, nothing exists that I'm not okay with? And that's not true. It's, yeah. it's simply not true. It's the unfortunate state of the, of the world that we live in, that, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's a very unfortunate, but that's look at the world, look at it, look, you know, like in any, is this, is this great again? <laughs> that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> is this what we're going, is this, was this even the plan from the fascist regime to go back to. And I'm not even that freaking political man. I don't even, but when he's saying this, make a great, you know, was this somehow part of it Right to not believe in COVID until people start dying? And then after that to, you know, to not like even do anything really, you know, it just sounds so crazy to not calm the people down. I like me who is not necessarily a Trump supporter. I I but I do love America, you know, and so I'm like, all right, Trump, now is your time to just be like, hey guys, let's chill or figure it, you know, like both sides, just bring us together, man. Like I'm just like, all right, no matter how crazy you are, maybe you'll just you'll just be like, hey guys. He doesn't do it. He's like martial law. I'm like, whoa, bro. Like come on, man. Like everyone's listening. It's so bad. It, yeah. Uh, it's comically movie bad. It,
1: it is. It seems like like this there's no way this is real. How can this be the real deal?
0: Yeah. But, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like uh, the 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 minutes for this episode are just ticking away so fast. It's like we've been talking for 46 minutes already. <laughs> it's like I'm looking at like, man, what what are we even talking about? <laughs> like I feel like we haven't said anything I, then, I mean, uh, uh well, let's let's
1: talk about what, what people can do. I think that was a good that's a good thing. Well. Um, I've thought, do you have thoughts you want to share first?
0: Uh, sure. I, I think, no, let, let me let you go first and then I'll, I'll piggyback. Off.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I, honestly, we've actually had this conversation before about what people can do to support race, race things. Um, so I feel like it's, I'm going to revisit some things that we talked about, but, uh, first off is like the most obvious things, like bottom of the barrel, like bare minimum of stuff you can do. one, you can support people of color, and especially black people of color, um, right now by sh- sharing something online. You can text a friend. You can even tell them like, hey, I don't need responses. You need you to know that like, I'm in your corner. Um, you can advocate for those. You can speak sit- up online so people can see you and say, hey, I know who's gonna who could be my corner. Um, you can call out systemic racism. You can call out police brutality. You can call, call out white supremacy. You can do all these things. Um, those things are like, I feel like the month thing stuff that, that's possible. Um, that's one. Two, like you can donate, you can give money to organizations that are that are pushing for reform. Um, you can donate to Black Lives Matter, you can it to the NAACP, you can do it to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. Um, the, most states have a freedom fund that helps bail out protesters. Um, so that's what the Minneapolis Freedom Fund is. And yet there's one in Colorado. Um, so there's a lot of places you can donate money to. Uh Third thing is you can protest, like you can go to the protest, you can be present, and you can speak up and you can kind of, you can put your body down as kind of collateral to preserve black lives. Um, I think one thing that I thought was, uh, I love Sufjan Stevens, to anyone who doesn't know Sufjan, he's just an amazing musician and he is a Christian. Um, and so, but... He posted today something I thought was really interesting. As he said, uh, or yeah, he said uh, he posted on Instagram a very controversial thi- controversial thing. Uh, the photo was a uh, just text in the text, and then there's a caption. Uh, the photo said, um, "Black lives matter more than yours," and the caption was, "I think Philippians two three or two 4, uh, which is um, everyone. I think it's like everyone who in humility consider others better than themselves. Hmm. And basically this point is saying like, yo, listen, if you're a Christian, uh, yeah, black lives matter more than your life does, because that's the whole point of the gospel is that, um, other people's lives are more important than yours. And so but all
0: lives matter, Levi.
1: <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't even go there. But and I think uh,
0: we should for a second. Okay. So all
1: right. Let's we'll, I think we'll pause this. I, I no,
0: think. No, no. Yeah, I like the list. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. But let's,
1: let's, we'll come back to the list. Okay. Well, cause I think it's important to address all lives matter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Cause here, here's the deal. Like. No, when people say black lives matter, no one is saying well, I know everyone else doesn't matter. People, their the black lives matter. This statement has has there is an unspoken thing at the end of it. If this is the easiest way to hear, if this is the easiest way for you, then great. That says black lives matter too which is why we are supporting and preserving them. Or it's this notion that like, it is impossible for all lives to actually matter unless black lives matter. If black lives don't matter, then all lives can't matter. And that's the thing is saying like, listen, of course all lives matter, but until black lives matter, then that's, that statement can't be true. So if you want it to be true, you need to kind of get in line behind black lives matter. Um, May I? Yes. I like and, that.
0: Yeah. Or if you like uh, analogies, cause I love analogies. Um, you go to the doctor again with your same broken arm. Ugh, I love that. And you say, "Hey doctor, uh my arm, it hurts." And he's like, "Okay, but all, how's the rest of you? All of you?" Like he's like, "But let's look, let's do a full body check." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. My arm hurts. I, it's broken. I need you to fix my arm." Since he's talking just because he's talking about a thing doesn't you know, you're talking about one thing doesn't mean everything else doesn't exist or isn't okay it's all fine it's funny because even in the bible I, I heard a pastor say this is so funny jesus he says in his sermon on the mountain, he's like you know blessed are the meek and then someone gets up and said no 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 jesus blessed are everyone, you know, and and it's no, it's like, no, he's referring to the meek right now. That's okay. So calm down people. Like it's okay to be like, Hey, this is the thing that needs to be addressed. This is the arm that needs that needs to be looked at right now. This is what I'm talking about. I didn't say anything about you. And, and the fact that you are trying to use linguistics or some sort of verbiage to cloud the fact of truth is a very scary thing too if as soon as you you reduce a statement or or a movement to oh but you said it wrong all of a sudden you've done more of an issue you've done more of a problem because now no one's looking at the issue they're only looking at the words and it's so yeah. dumb you know because then you know it's such a, a, a manipulative way to be like oh but you said it wrong no 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 but people are dying now nah, but you said it wrong so sorry you know and so Anyway,
1: yeah, you know, uh, I, I to right uh, for our, our Christian audience like they know uh, we have people of faith and people who aren't in faith that listen to this, but I think the the fine analogy is um, the parable that Jesus gives of the the lost sheep. Uh, Jesus has a parable where he says, you know, there's a, yeah. you know, a farmer with a hundred hundred sheep, and he's like, I and one is lost, and so he leaves the ninety nine to go find the sheep. It's like to exactly your point. It's like the ninety nine sheep aren't being like. Well, what about our lives? Do our lives matter too? It's like that's the whole point: is that the person who needs help gets the help, and everyone else is doing yeah. just fine on their own, and it doesn't. It, yeah, and I, it's yeah, like no, just,
0: you're so right. He leaves the the ninety nine to go save the one sheep that ran away, and that's it's a perfect analogy, actually. Yeah, that's yeah, man, man. I'm the analogy guy, and you beat me. I beat you too, AD. Jesus, Jesus beat me. <laughs> take that out of, take that out of the contest. Jesus beat me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, uh,
1: so that, that's 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 the our address to all lives matter. If you're still saying all lives matter, stop it, because it's you're you are grossly misunderstanding not only the gospel of your Christian, but just the
0: concept of what it means to be empathetic.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and you're not wrong. All lives do matter, right? but that's yeah. The whole you're but, just confusing everyone. So shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, exactly. Sorry.
1: No, you're good. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good way to tidy up that, the deal with that there.
0: Yeah. Let's um, get back to the list. Okay. The so things
1: we can do the first. Okay. So we talked uh, protest. So that's the last thing I says you can protest and you can go, you can be a peaceful protester. You can, you can, you know, you can make a sign. You can stand by people. You can be, a, you can be a body that's present. You can, um, also be, you know, dedicated to protecting black lives on his occasions. Um, those are like the obvious ones. I think other things that we don't think about that are really important as well is I think it's it, the the change that has to happen moving forward is that there needs to be a revolution um, in terms of how we think about integration into society. And so the other day, Hillary and I were, were you know, we're sitting in our bed and we are both reading and Hillary just like puts on our book and she's like, she's like I feel like there's just like so much stuff going on like she's i feel like it's like like she's just been so upset and i'm like i asked her i said like what do you what do you want to change like what do you what do you want to see different and she kind of looked at me like was like and i'm like and i'm like i'm not saying i disagree obviously like i agree with that but my question is like my question for her was like what do you actually want to see change in the world like do you want to see obviously you want black men and women to live of course like that's the bare minimum i mean that's like that's like the lowest You know, that shouldn't even be a a thing. We should all be on the same page about that. What do you want that to look like in real life? And so I, and she, I'm not sure if she thought about it, but I I just kind of like, I know it's like a fresh thought in her mind. And so not just like, I was just like, okay, let me, you know, so I started leading the conversation a bit more and said, listen, I said, the thing is this, the problem of of black lives and being treated the way they are is because there has been an ongoing and, and essentially endemic, um, View of inferiority among Black Americans, and so the way we upend that and in, in society is to change society as a whole. So one, you can vote. Obviously, you can vote for politicians and things like that. But you also can can vote with our money and our resources and our time, and that means like we can support Black-owned businesses, we can buy Black art, we can hire Black photographers, we can like whatever whatever you do, you can probably find someone who's Black that does it who is amazing at it, and you can support those people that way. Another thing, too, is like thinking about Sorry, what I Can you say
0: again, how does that help? Uh, well,
1: I think what it does is it, it shifts the power dynamic of, I think, there, so I, I mean, think that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that, because I I'd me back up. Part of the reason that this these problems exist is because of a systemic um, wealth and economic gap that has existed between black Americans and non-black Americans, primarily white Americans, because of the fact of things like redlining and, uh, not having access to jobs or not access, not having access to property, uh, because realistically, most families that build wealth long term build wealth through property ownership and ownership of land, and those things get passed on to their to their you know ancestor or to your you know descendants or your progeny, um, and that goes on and that is creates a, a family system of systemic wealth. Um, And so, or generational wealth. Most black families do not have access to that kind of um, generational wealth because they have not had access to owning land for either the amount of time or they have not had the the money at the time to buy land, you know, uh, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, or the opportunity. And so generational wealth has been diminished. I think they said the average um, average median... Value or the median net worth, I think, of the average American, I think by the time they retire, is around $500,000. Average white American. The net average of the average black man when they retire is around $17,000. As, and I was saying, obviously, that's an average. And the point what they're getting at is saying, like, the generational wealth has been such a huge thing that we don't talk about, but that, you know, owning a home is a huge thing. And if you're in, it's, it has been a, only a recent thing that black families can own homes. Um, and so I think those kind of, so as you support financially people, uh, black, black families and black, you know, black creators of any kind, you are putting financial opportunity into black families and putting a, a wealth building motif into people's lives that you're, you're supporting that, that has not been supported by the system as a whole. Um, I think that's one thing, and I think this is like when I was working at uh, at the agency. One of our my boss's bosses, like, we were having a conversation, and slightly some race stuff kind of came up. And so I was like, "Whatever, I'm, I'm here. Let's talk about it." And so I said, "Hey, I, you know, I think it's you know, I, I said I think it's my place if to make sure I'm." I'm looking out for people of color and that I want to hire people of color if I have the chance to, um, to work, you know, either for me or beneath me and or under me or whatever that is. Like if I can hire people, I want to hire people of color if I can. Um, and he's like, he's a like, guy, he's like, for hiring for me, it has nothing to do with race. He's like, I just hire the best person. And I'm like, you don't know it, but that's kind of racist because like not, not inherently, and this is like not the individualistic racism it's systemic racism because Look at the access of people of color, primarily black people, to resources like, I mean, this was a creative agency. They did like coding, web dev, et cetera. I'm like, how many black software engineers do you know compared to white software engineers? How many black developers do you know? And it's probably a lot fewer. And it's saying, like, listen, that doesn't mean there's no good black developers out there, but if you're but it means you have to look harder to find a black developer. And so I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't hire talent. I'm saying if you want to diversify your team and hire talent. You can do both. You can still hire an amazingly talented person of color to do the job, but you're gonna to have to look harder for them, and you have to find them. And that's the thing is like it's easy not to. It's easy to be like, you know what? I have three applicants here, and this person's good enough. That's fine. Um, but if you're intentional about like wanting to diversify your team, then you have to do the work. And so him saying like, hey, I hire the best person It's like the best person for the job is probably not the person you're hiring. You just don't you just don't know the who else is in the field in the pool. And
0: it, it, just let me, let me jump in here yeah, because. Jump in. What's interesting is because I am on the other side of that. I'm black. I have, a, I have my own business, you know, and uh, 303 magazine just put out a, a list of black owned businesses in, in Denver and I'm on the list. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh cool. And I got a couple of inquiries and I was like, Oh cool. And then I was like, but wait a minute because me as a black person, I actually don't want anyone to hire me because I'm black. I don't, that is weird to me. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. When I get inquiries, my mind was like, did you look at my work? Because if you didn't look at the work and you don't like it, then I don't actually want you as a client. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I had this this thought, and obviously I'm going to give them amazing work because I'm the best. But I'm going – that was funny. Why do not you laugh at that? That was pretty – okay, whatever. Um, you're still not laughing. Okay, you're in a thing. You're <laughs> in a thing. My bad. Uh, <laughs> and so – no, but my my thought was like – like, oh man, like I wouldn't I want to make sure that it's not the opposite where they're just hiring me. I still want to be considered for the merits of my ability, you know, not I still want that truth as well as okay, and I understand that it's also pushing a, a larger agenda that needs to be pushed. Uh, but just so people know my full truth is that I have that fear. I have that like, oh no, I don't want anyone to hire me just and then and then just accept my work. As if it's mediocre, like, when we fight for equality, we fight for sameness. I want to be hired, and then I want my work to stand on it the merits of itself. You know, I want to be able to fail, and that be okay. Do you know what I mean? And that be like, oh, he failed, or whatever Mm -hmm. that means. But it feels like there's a different standard of equality when it comes to anything, almost, and, you know, and that's what we're fighting for. But... Anyway, not to sidetrack it, but yeah. I wanted to put in that. No, no, I think no, I think
1: it's it is good feedback. I think the I think the reality is that like people, um, I mean, I'm I'm not an advocate of, of saying or I don't know if I am or not. I don't want to go that far. I was like, I'm I just think it's important to diversify your team, and if you sure, diversify your team, it has, that, it has yeah. to be intentional. I think the reason people don't diversify that though is that they think I'm only hiring the best people, and I didn't get any. I didn't get any black candidates getting any Hispanic candidates, whatever it is for this position. So therefore um, it's saying like, Hey, maybe you should look at your business and realize that you are not advertising, marketing, whatever that thing is in a place where you're going to, where you're accessible to black or minority
0: voices. Or That's The what system I is, like, is set up. The system is set up so that black people might not even hear you, see you or be able to, you know, be able to respond to you. So in the way the system is set up, it, you do have to search a little harder for, you know, whatever it is that's black owned that you, you appreciate or right. that you like, and you will find people are doing great things, but you might not, you might not be able to find it because of just numbers or right. You know, access to marketing or whatever it is, and so that's very true. I do agree with it. I just know that I also have a thing where I'm like, but I want you to make sure that you're hiring me because you right. like my work. You and, know, like,
1: and that's. I think it's very. I think it's very important that people um, don't like, don't just hire someone because of their color of their skin. It's in, hire the best person. But if you want to diversify a team, you can still hire the best person and hire a person of color. It just means you might have to keep looking harder to find them or hold the position for longer or say, you know what, like, or just ask yourself, why am I not getting any black or Hispanic candidate or whatever Asian candidates for this position? Like what is happening that is not allowed with this space? So um, I think it's important to think if you are in a position yourself, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a position of... The ability to hire somebody, or you had that kind of power. Think about the concepts of generational wealth. Think about what um, what it says about your team. Think about the voice that you need to be that needs to be heard in your place of work. And I think it's not there; they're not there to educate you. But think about what that means to actually diversify our places of work. It's like it, you know, it just also comes down to like you you can't understand something from far away. And so, if you if the only black people you know are LeBron James uh, from TV, then like you can't actually ever have any idea of how these things impact the lives of, of someone who's black um, or another minority because it's just too far away. And so I think that that's the thing when people say, "What can I do?" It's like be intentional with with who you surround yourself with. That doesn't mean you have to be seeking out black people to be your friend, but saying like, "Hey, listen, if you if you look around you and say I don't have all my friends are white," then the voices that you have around you. Are only white voices, which means that you might need to do something different. You might need to go uh, attend a black church. You might need to go to a church that's more diverse and that's more has more people of color. That's you know, uh, you might need to think about considering where you live. Saying you know what, I don't think I want to live in like, you know, in Parker, Colorado or Castle Rock, Colorado. I think I want to live in Aurora. I think I want to live in in Five Points or somewhere else. And I think for us, like part of the reason we picked our neighborhood is like it's a Hispanic neighborhood, and I feel like. I'm Hispanic, and it's crazy how much that actually means to my our neighbors that I'm Hispanic. Like, it's crazy. Like, Hillary's obviously white. Uh, or if you're new to the podcast, you may not know that, but my is white, and we've been here for seven years, and we moved in. It was, it was still. It was one of the slower neighbors never to change, and so Hillary like will tell our next door neighbor Dave, she'd be like. Like, I'm, she's like, yeah, I'm kind of like, she's like, she's like, hey, I, you know, I know I'm a, a white girl in the neighborhood because Dave, you know, he's like, his street name is old school. He's been, he's grew up in the neighborhood. And he's like, hey, you're married to Levi. Like, Levi is one of us. Like, he's like, so you're part of our, like, our, <laughs> of our, 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 our crew. And
0: so. You married into the family. That's, yeah, that's what it's like.
1: And, yeah. and so I think she feels that, like there's something to be preserved in that. And so I think, you know, so I think all that to be said is like, I don't know. I'm now. I'm rambling, but there's so much that can be done that doesn't have to just be like an Instagram post. It's like it, this could this could literally infiltrate your life in making intentional decisions if you let it in a good way.
0: I like what, it. I what like about
1: that. you? What What can people do? What do you think?
0: Did you not? Is your list done? Is that? There? I
1: mean, I think that's probably. I mean, I, I can come up with more if you need me to. But. Wait
0: a minute. You didn't write that down. You were just coming up with all those numbers from the top of your head. Yeah. You're ridiculous, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's very impressive. Uh, if I had a list of seven things, there's no way I would be able to remember them. Um, okay. So I think for me, it was actually contained in your number one. Uh, and so I, you said something about calling out racism and I think there's something that we can do as a people to drive out the systems or the, the systemic nature of racism in, our homes. And so I'm only responding to this because I've had my friends who have black friends, they marry someone and they say, man, my wife, she, her, her parents, they say the N word and they talk really bad about black people and I don't know what to do about it. And your, their wife doesn't say anything and that kind of thing. And now, now that is a really hard conversation to have to your, to your mom or to your dad, or to your grandparents about the racist tendencies that they have. But if we stamp it out there, it won't transfer to your children unknowingly, I think. You know what I mean? Like those biases and and prejudices won't just be said in the home when we hear it and we cringe and we say, oh, dad, you know, but that's the thing that actually needs to be stamped out because it grows bigger in other people. Or when you're simply on uh, in a, I, I it's funny because I've been privy to. I think we have talked about this before. Privy to hearing white people talk, uh, because I navigate the, those spaces fairly well, and so and forgetting that I'm there, and they'll say something very racist. They'll say a joke, like they'll literally say it. It happened to me at a bar, and the bartender said a legitimately racist joke. Like nobody laughed because everyone saw me. But he, for some reason, he didn't, he didn't, it didn't register to him that I was there. He said the joke and I was like, what, bro, you're really going to say that? He was like, what? I don't understand. But you know, like I called him out. But again, even in that instance, my friends weren't sitting next to me. They were a little further back. And I remember telling my friends what happened and they were all like, oh man, that sucks. But they, I could tell that they didn't really believe me. And I remember thinking, wait, what? This was my friend. Not all of them. Some of them believe me, but they didn't do anything. And so there's this idea of putting it on, you know, like what black people are saying now that I'm actually happy that white people are taking up this mantle because it isn't only on black people to create this change. It's a human issue. This is humanity that needs to change all of us together. We will do this together. And so when, when I tell the friend, Hey, This this just happened. Maybe we actually get up and stand, and we say, "Hey, that shouldn't have happened." Or start there. If you have nothing else that you can do, start with the racism that you see in front of you and call it what it is. And say, "Hey, are you a racist?" Like, "Oh, that really sucks. I don't like that." Like, "Why do you think that?" Or, "Oh, maybe you just don't know." Like, it's okay to say those things to the people that you love. It's unfortunate, but what we've been doing hasn't been working. You know, not calling them out leads to this, leads to some people think thinking that your passivity, you know, is acceptance. And it's not. You, you need to have a very small window of tolerance for racism. I think that's something I do, too, for, even for black and white people. All people have some sort of prejudices and biases and racist tendencies. And there are some in me that I have to get out. And I have to to say, no, like that's not okay because for our children, we do want a better world. It's almost, it almost feels like it's too late for us, but hopefully when our kids grow up, they will know better. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's funny because this is what people said 30 years ago, but we're still doing it. We're still dealing with it. And so hopefully when our kids grow up, listen, I, I think there'll always be some sort, there'll always be evil and hate. And you know, if it's not the rich and the poor, if it's not, you know, you know, any, any small segment of people who look exactly alike, but hate the neighbor, there's going to be something that divides us. It is very unfortunate that America is built on, on tenets of division. Like we split from, you know, there was a war, we had a revolution, we left, you know, then there was a civil war, we split and we're still sort of healing. Hopefully, I, I think in some ways incorrectly, not to go back to that analogy, but hey, you know, In some ways, we're healing incorrectly from all the fissions that we have, we had in growing fissures, sorry, not fissions, but when we were birthed, like we had a lot of things that splintered that were incorrect. And so, trying to place those things back is gonna, it's an immense surgery that has to happen. It's an immense issue. But I think we can start in the home by doing the small call outs of saying, hey, no, that's not okay. Or when your, your black friend or whoever says, that person just says I'm racist we believe them and we go confront the person and we use the power or the white people can use the power that they they have to say hey mm-hmm. we shame you into to to righteousness to rightness to just mm-hmm. to being just we shame you into the right way of thinking I, I don't know that's my that's my thought um obviously there are a few you know I, I think we, we have to vote differently we have to vote. We have to talk to people. We have to not hide behind things and and not tell, talk to people about voting. We we have to call things out. Um, yeah, I, I love what you said about going to you know a, a different church or or you know I'm not I don't think people should just like go for no reason, but like there is a an element that I think that I see, uh, like I will see a black person immersed in black culture that is the same type of person over here. That's immersed in white culture. Now they will talk differently and sound differently, but I can see that they're, they're the same person. I was like, Oh, you Jeremy and Jerome are very similar, except they just have a different language. And it's so interesting to me because I feel like I bridge that gap where I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You guys would be best friends, but they don't know that because they can't get past this idea of of language or, or difference or race or whatever it is here in the States, you know? And so it, it's such a funny thing to see it. So when you say go to another place and be open, it's such a big step to do that because you, you never know the similarities you have with people. You'll you'll be surprised at how similar life is with someone that you that you would think that you're so far from. Yeah. It's a good word, bro. I love that. So uh,
1: what, what are we, what are we doing tonight, man? We, uh, are we going, are we protesting,
0: Bro, I'm, I'm going to go out, I think tomorrow, and I'm going to take some pictures, man. If, all the things that I've said about, you know, making change in the power of the picture, it has, you know, and, and I know, and I've photographed some haunting things before, but I think in this, it's so personal to me that I was like, oh no, I don't want to go out and, and then get shot or something, you know, there's that odd version of fear, but I look, but that's me res- responding to injustice in a just way. Do you know what I was saying before? Thinking yeah. that, you know, that's me thinking that that I'll they'll perceive, but it's 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 a wrongness that's already happening. I can get shot walking down the street because it's a wrongness. It's not correct, and so I should just go and and uh, at least photograph it. At least I, I I will protest in in many ways, but I have to I have to make if photography is what I offer. I have to make imagery that is moving for, for all things, not, you know, and not live in any sort of fear. And so I'll get out there. I'll make some pictures. I mean, it's very unfortunate that the ones who did this, like, or who weren't writing and looting ML Martin Luther King was shot, man. Like the fact that he was actually killed for doing it peacefully I mean, and people are saying that we're the root, the looting and the rioting is wrong. I'm like, man, no, nothing's right for anyone, you know, and yeah. so it's a scary thing. I mean,
1: I I think one of the most poignant like tweets I saw from this whole thing was uh someone had basically said, like, Yo, all these people are lying or like sorry, looting and writing, and it's just like if you all would just do it peacefully, like, you know, this is this, this is there's the right way to do this, this this isn't the way. <laughs> And then someone commented and said, said, uh, they tried kneeling first, but you know, y'all, y'all didn't listen. And it's like, exactly. it's like, it's never, it's like never enough, you know, it's like, well, it's, it's like, oh, your protest is, it's just don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. It's like, man, like there's never, no one, the, the protest of, of the, of the oppressed is never going to be, uh, appropriate in the eyes of the oppressor, you know? Um, so.
0: Right. No, it's true. It's, it's, uh. It is true. What about you, man? Are you, uh, what are you doing? I
1: don't know, man. I, you know, kiss my baby goodnight, you know, I mean, she's already asleep, but I, I think about her future and her world man. and it's like, that's why I think it's so important is, uh, you know, yeah. Like the, she, she deserves to live in a better world. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, where I'm going to go physically from here, but I think I'd, I think I know pretty clearly where direction we're going to go. And that's just that, um, to your point about the home, I think that's our next step is to just have conversations with everyone in our family about, uh, this, these things, uh, one-on-one, or like couple on couple, whoever it is, come and say, hey, come, let's have dinner and let's talk and let's talk about race. Um, and start about why it matters to our family and what that means for us. And, um, so I think it just taking the time to have those conversations.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Right on brother.
1: All right, man.
0: Thanks for chatting. Yeah. Uh, Black Light listeners, thanks for listening in. Uh, text us if you have any questions. We're just thinking through it. So yeah, uh, yeah, get at us. Get at us. Catch you guys soon. Stay safe. Peace.